0: Exposed the clouds, the city put up, great mountains fall, great skies cover them up. Seems like we dwell on these useless things, lifestyles of wealth, for of money competition, made to tear each other down for personal gain. Sorry, I didn't call last night. I got a lot of nothing, taking all my time.
2: Good evening, everyone. For this Wednesday, August 10th, 2022, I'm Michaela Wheeler.
1: And I'm David Atkins. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, Trump says he pled the fifth in New York civil investigation. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Rebecca Lobb will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast. And the current temperature outside is a cloudy 84 degrees.
2: And now on to our top story. Artists in a small Mexican town are using their talents to revive muralism, a movement that put the country at the vanguard of art a century ago. Just as their famous predecessors did shortly after the Mexican Revolution, teachers and students at the Sequeira School of Muralism in the central state of Hidalgo are decorating walls with images that encapsulate themes such as social injustice and workers' rights. Their pieces also reflect current global issues of concern, including climate change and violence against transgender people and women. Their goal is to keep alive the practice of using visual imagery to share messages of social and political importance.
1: A Sesame Street-themed park has announced the implementation of diversity and inclusion training for its employees. The announcement yesterday follows a $25 million class action lawsuit alleging multiple incidents of, an, of discrimination after outcry sparked from a viral video of a costume character snubbing two six-year-old black girls during a parade at Sesame Place in Pennsylvania. The park, which is operated by SeaWorld Parks, says in the statement that all employees will be mandated to participate in training created to address bias, promote inclusion, and prevent discrimination by the end of September. An attorney says the family of one of the six-year-olds is expected to meet with the SeaWorld CEO tomorrow.
2: Falling prices for gas, airline tickets, and clothes gave Americans a little bit of relief last month, though overall inflation is still running at close to its highest level in four decades. Government data released today showed that consumer prices jumped 8.5 percent in July compared with a year earlier. That's down from a 9.1 percent year-over-year increase in June. On a monthly basis, prices were unchanged from June to July, the first time that has happened after 25 months of increases. The reprieve offered no certainty that prices would stay on the decline. Inflation has sometimes slowed, only to reaccelerate later.
1: The Inflation Reduction Act, which awaits a White, uh, my apologies, a House vote. After passing in the Senate on Sunday, would increase the ranks of the IRS, but it would not create a mob of armed auditors looking to har- harass middle class taxpayers, as some Republicans are claiming. While experts say corporate tax increases could indirectly burden people in the middle class, claims that they will face higher taxes are not supported by what's in the legislation.
2: Donald Trump says he invoked the Fifth Amendment and wouldn't answer questions under oath in the long-running New York civil investigation into his business dealings. Trump arrived at New York Attorney General Letitia James's office this morning, but sent out a statement more than an hour later saying he, quote, declined to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution, unquote. Anything he said during the deposition could have been used against him in a criminal case if one ensues, while James's investigation is civil in nature, the Manhattan District Attorney is running a parallel criminal probe.
1: Coming up, woman charged with embezzling from the West Virginia Clerk's Office. That and more news from across the Tri-State when New Center 88 returns right after this. A
3: recent study found that the average American spends 8.5 hours in front of television, cell phone, and computer screens a day. Let's say that the average American lives to be 75 years old. That would mean that the average American spends 26 and a half years in front of screens. That's over a third of someone's life. Imagine a world where you spent the first third of your life in front of a screen. Imagine your only source of satisfaction coming from the sense of closure you get from watching the resolution of some petty fictional 30-minute argument time and time again. Imagine the stale laugh track from some inane sitcom mockingly recorded from a disembodied studio audience. But then imagine going outside for the first time in 26 terrible years of isolation and feeling actual sunlight on your face. Do yourself a favor. Go outside. Enjoy your life. This has been a special reminder from WMUL 88.1, The Cutting Edge.
2: Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best newscast in the state of West Virginia by the Associated Press. I'm Michaela Wheeler.
1: And I'm David Atkins. Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow is still healing from an appendectomy two weeks ago, and coach Zach Taylor said there is no timetable for his participation in training camp. The third year quarterback has been observing practice from a golf cart or scooter. Burrow's father, Jimmy Burrow, told radio analyst Dave Flapham last week that it might be a, quote, few weeks, unquote, before his son is able to practice. The Bengals got some good news when right tackle La'El Collins was cleared for practice. Taylor says few, if any, starters will play in the first preseason game Friday.
2: The Ohio Supreme Court has upheld a company's plan to build what will be the first freshwater offshore wind powered electric generation facility in North America. The company, Icebreaker Wind Power, has proposed the six turbine project in Lake Erie, about 10 miles off the shore of Cleveland. Today, the court rejected a lawsuit filed by residents of a Cleveland area village who argued the Ohio Power Siding Board didn't have enough evidence to determine the project's environmental impact when it approved the project in 2020. The residents also unsuccessfully argued the project doesn't serve the public interest as defined in Ohio law.
1: A drug policy reform group has sued the state panel that will decide how Ohio distributes more than a half of the money it will receive from a nationwide settlement regarding the opioid addiction crisis. Harm Reduction Ohio filed two lawsuits Monday against the One Ohio Recovery Foundation Board claiming the panel isn't following public records and meeting laws. The panel dismissed the suits as obstructive to its goal of tackling the opioid crisis. It will decide how to distribute more than $440 million of an $808 million settlement reached last year with the nation's three largest pharmaceutical distributors and drug maker, Johnson & Johnson.
2: Official say a logistics provider plans to invest $25 million for a new operation in Bowling Green that will create 110 jobs. Governor Andy Bashir said in a statement yesterday that Bluegrass Supply Chain Services, LLC, is expanding its logistics capabilities to serve the automotive and food and beverage markets. Company leaders will co-develop and lease a facility in Bowling Green in partnership with Sunnyside, GOAT, REG for office and warehousing space. It will be the company's second largest location in the community. Work on the project is expected to begin in October and be completed by January of 2024.
1: A woman who worked in a county clerk's office in West Virginia has been charged with taking funds paid to the office for back taxes. The Associated Press reports court records show 44-year-old Elizabeth Mary Sampson of Elkview worked in the Kanawha County Clerk's Office where she is accused of taking more than $21,000 and using it for herself. A criminal complaint filed yesterday says Sampson is charged with embezzlement. It was not clear whether she has an attorney who could comment on the case. Chief Deputy Clerk David Dodd says Sampson no longer works in the clerk's office.
2: Coming up next... Company released industrial chemicals into River System, northwest of Detroit. That and more news from around the nation when NewsCenter 88 returns. Stay with us.
4: Want to know the time of our next sports broadcast? Go to our website at www.marshall.edu slash WMUL and find the entire sports schedule on the front page. You can even go one step further and listen to the game live right off our website. www.marshall.edu slash WMUL Yet another reason why we're the worldwide leader of martial sports coverage. WMUL 88.1
2: Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best news program by the National Broadcasting Society. I'm Michaela Wheeler.
1: And I'm David Atkins. President Joe Biden has arrived in South Carolina to begin what's expected to be at least a seven-day vacation with members of his family. The Bidens will be in Kiowa Island, noted for, his, for its private beach and golf resort, through next Tuesday, according to the Federal Aviation Administration Advisories. The White House did not respond to requests to provide details on Biden's vacation schedule, activities, or when he planned to return to Washington. While Biden is in South Carolina, the House is set to vote to approve a bill full of his priorities, including the most substantial investment in history to fight climate change, some $369 billion over the decade.
2: A veteran U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration agent has quietly returned to work in Mississippi more than a year after he was charged with murder in the shooting death of his mentally ill neighbor. But records obtained by the Associated Press raise new questions about how agent Harold Dwayne Poole avoided trial and whether DEA brass overreached to protect one of their own amid a flurry of misconduct cases. Poole says he fired after his neighbor threatened to kill him with a rock but the agent said in an earlier call for help that the man was already leaving and no rock was ever found.
1: A federal lawsuit says the National Governing Body for Fencing failed to protect a Tennessee teenager from sexual abuse over a two-year period. The girl and her parents filed suit last month against the Colorado-based USA Fencing, as well as her former coach, Robert Perrano and the Nashville business he owned and ran, Music City Fencing Club. The lawsuit says USA Fencing should have done more to prevent abuse of the girl, who's now 16. USA Fencing said it couldn't comment on pending litigation, but it does make, a safe, make safety a priority for participants. A spokesperson said it conducts background checks and requires abuse prevention training.
2: A federal judge says a U.S. Army lieutenant can go to trial against police officers in Virginia whose traffic stop drew national attention and outrage. Caron Nazario was pepper sprayed, struck, and handcuffed in the town of Windsor after driving slowly to a well-lit service station a mile down the road. Judge Roderick Young ruled Nazario can present a jury with his claims of false imprisonment, assault and battery, and illegal search under Virginia law. But the judge says federal immunity laws shield the officers from claims that their treatment of the black and Hispanic soldier violated the U.S. Constitution.
1: Michigan Environmental are accusing an auto-trim maker of violating the law after releasing industrial chemicals into a river system northwest of Detroit. Michigan's Department of Environment Great Lakes and Energy, says its Water Resources Division served Tribar Manufacturing in Wixom on yesterday. A plating solution containing hexavalent chromium was discharged to a sanitary sewer system the weekend of July 29th and ended up at an area wastewater treatment facility. The facility sends wastewater to a creek that flows into the Huron River system. State health officials say hexavalent chromium is a known carcinogen that can cause a number of health problems for people who ingest, inhale, or touch it.
2: Coming up next, Judge Rules Walgreens responsible for San Francisco opioid crisis. Your daily political update when NewsCenter 88 returns, right after this.
3: I just wanted to eat like a normal human being, you know? Just something I could hold down without the horrible
4: pain. Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis are diseases that attack the digestive system. A feeding tube's not my idea of a good meal. At the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, we're excited about the latest research. Then there was this new drug. Thousands of people are being treated with new drug therapies. Doc said it doesn't work for everyone, but I got lucky. To help, visit ccfa.org.
3: Now I'm taking food the old fashioned way. I'm eating it.
2: Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Michaela Wheeler.
1: And I'm David Atkins. The European Commission says it's winding up years of surveillance of Greek government spending. The move on August 20th will mark a formal end to a major crisis that threatened to see Greece ejected from the euro single currency group. It also imposed several hardships imposed on Greek citizens and created a deep rift between them and the EU's institutions. But the Commission said today that, quote, Greece has delivered on the bulk of the policy commitments, made to its partners in the 19th country euro area. Greece was granted billions of euros in three bailout funds after 2010 when Athens lost access to international bond markets after admitting it had misreported key financial data.
2: The Justice Department says an Iranian operative has been charged in a plot to murder former Trump administration national security adviser John Bolton. Sharam Porsafi is identified by U.S. officials as a member of Iran's Revolutionary Guard. He's wanted by the FBI on charges related to the murder-for-hire plot, which the U.S. assumes was in retaliation for a U.S. airstrike that killed a popular and powerful general in Iran. In a statement today, Bolton thanked the FBI and Justice Department for their work. He said Iran's rulers are, quote, liars, terrorists, and enemies of the United States, unquote. Iran's mission to the U.N. had no immediate comment.
1: Kobe Bryant's widow is taking her lawsuit against the Los Angeles County sheriffs and fire departments to a federal jury seeking compensation for photos deputies shared of the remains of the NBA star his daughter, and seven others killed in a helicopter crash in 2020. A jury was seated in U.S. District Court today in the invasion of privacy case, and opening statements are set to begin later in the day. The county has argued that the photos which were ordered, deleted, have never been in the media, on the internet, or otherwise publicly disseminated. Bryant is seeking unspecified millions because she fears the photos may eventually surface.
2: Hundreds of Bulgarians have taken to the streets of the capital Sofia voicing fears that the country's caretaker government could break with the policies of its pro-Western predecessor and revert to close energy ties with Russia. The second in a planned series of protests under the slogan Me, Took place today in front of the presidential building in Sofia, and organizers said they want greater accountability from the caretaker cabinet. The first public statements by the current caretaker government indicate that Bulgaria could restart talks with Russian energy giant Gazprom to avoid natural gas shortages later in the year. Quote, we refuse to be dependent on Gazprom and finance Putin's outrageous war, Unquote. Read a banner at the protest.
1: A federal judge has ruled that Walgreens can be held responsible for contributing to San Francisco's opiate crisis for over-dispensing opiates for years without proper oversight and failing to identify and report suspicious orders as required by law. San Francisco City Attorney David Chu said the pharmacy chain failed to track opiate prescriptions, prevent pharmacists from properly vetting prescriptions, and missed red flags about over-prescribing doctors. U.S. District Judge Charles Breyer ruled that for 15 years, Walgreens dispensed hundreds of thousands of pills, eventually contributing to the city's hospitals being overwhelmed with opiate patients. Walgreens said it would appeal the ruling, which it said was not supported by, quote, the facts and the law, unquote.
2: And coming up, Rebecca Law will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast. And we'll be back with the updates on the Russia-Ukraine war. Stay with us.
4: So what does WMUL mean by the cutting edge? Well, not this, but this. University students say it's not easy being Greek. Nope, not this either. But this, oh yeah. And finally, 0% this, but 100% this. Got it. Touchdown. Thundering Herd. So the cutting edge means award-winning news, music, and sports. Not, uh, cutting stuff. 88.1 WMUL.
5: Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Rebecca Law, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Outside the WMUL studios, it is a cloudy 84 degrees. Today the high is 87 and the low is 70 degrees. It has called for rain all day. However, thankfully here in Cabell County, we have not seen any rain today. This evening, there is a 78% chance of thunderstorms and an 80% chance of heavy rainfall with light and variable winds. We are still under a flood watch until Thursday at midnight, so stay frosty, my friends, and watch out for those creeks and streams. Tomorrow, we have a high of 83 and a low of 61 degrees. During the day, we will see a mix of sunshine and clouds with a stray shower possible. Into the evening, the clouds will clear and we will feel a significant cool down compared to the recent weather, which is great news for me. On Friday, we will have a high of 80 and a low of 56 degrees, continuing on that cooling down trend. Mr. Sunshine will be in full view all day and then surrender the skies to Miss Moon to be viewed in her full beauty as well in the evening. Today in weather history, in 1898, the temperature in Pendleton, Oregon, climbed all the way to 119 degrees, setting the state record. Also in 1936, in Plain Dealing, Louisiana, the temperature soared up to 114 degrees, and in Ozark, Arizona, it reached 120 degrees, setting the records for those states as well. Thank you to weather.com and weather4u.com for this information. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it is a cloudy 84 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington Weather Forecast for news Center 88. I'm Rebecca Law.
1: Thanks, Rebecca. Now on to Russia and Ukraine news. Russia and Ukraine have accused each other of shelling Europe's largest nuclear plant, stoking international fears of a catastrophe. The Saporizhia plant is in south Ukraine on the banks of the Dnipur River. Russian troops overran it early in the war, but have left the Ukrainian staff in place to keep operating the plant. The chief of the UN Nuclear Watchdog Agency has warned that the situation surrounding the plant quote, is completely out of control, unquote, and he has urgently pleaded with both sides to allow experts to visit the complex to help stabilize it. The fighting around has fueled fears of a disaster like the one in 1986 at Ukraine's Chernobyl plant where a reactor exploded and spewed deadly radiation, contaminating a fast area in the world's worst nuclear accident.
2: More than 3,800 Army soldiers are returning home to Georgia five months after their rapid deployment to Europe after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Several hundred troops arrived yesterday at Fort Stewart to be reunited with spouses and children waving flags and homemade signs. Army officials say the rest of the 3rd Infantry Division's 1st Armored Brigade is expected home by the end of August. The brigade's soldiers spent months training in Germany with NATO allies to deter Russia from escalating hostilities in Europe. They were called up suddenly to deploy overseas in early March, barely a week after Ukraine was invaded. The U.S. is sending a brigade of the 1st Cavalry Division from Fort Hood, Texas to take their place.
1: Russian authorities have detained and charged a former state TV journalist who quit after making an on-air protest against Moscow's war in Ukraine. Her lawyer says on social media that she was charged today with spreading false information about the Russian armed forces. The case against Marina Nikova was launched under a law that penalizes statements against the military. If tried and convicted, she faces up to 10 years in prison. Asya Nikova used to work as a producer with Russian state-funded Channel One. She made international headlines when she appeared behind the anchor of an evening news, ca- news broadcast with a poster that said, quote, Stop the war. Don't believe the propaganda. They are lying to you. Unquote.
2: Ukraine's Air Force says that nine Russian warplanes were destroyed in massive explosions at an airbase in Crimea amid speculation that they were the result of a Ukrainian attack. That would represent a significant escalation in the war. Russia denied any aircraft were damaged in yesterday's blast or that any attack took place. Ukrainian officials have stopped short of publicly claiming responsibility for the explosions while poking fun at Russia's explanation that a careless smoker might have caused munitions at the... Saki Air Base to catch fire and blow up. Analysts have also said that explanation doesn't make sense and that the Ukrainians could have used anti-ship missiles to strike the base.
1: Coming up next, run lol run. Stay tuned.
4: Today, a new creature walks among us, causing fear, mayhem, and injury.
2: Stay back, children.
4: Look out for the dreaded digital deadwalkers. With faces pressed against their little handheld devices, they put all good citizens in harm's way.
0: Hey, dude, I'm walking here. Oh,
3: sorry, I didn't see you.
4: A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, who want to keep everyone well-connected with healthy bones.
1: This song is being played on a didgeridoo. A didgeridoo is an instrument made by indigenous Australians. WMUL doesn't have any songs with didgeridoos in them. But what we do have is the Tri-State's largest variety of music, from alternative to hip-hop, jazz to blues, and much more. Plus, our selection is constantly being updated with the latest tunes. So, you know, maybe one day we will have a song with a didgeridoo in it. 88.1 88.1 WMUL FM. And finally, today on New Center 88, Indian actor Amir Khan enjoyed Forrest Gump so much that he's starring in a Hindi remake of the iconic film. Nearly 30 years after the original's release, Khan is taking on the role of the titular character, Lal Singh Chhada. Khan says he's been a longtime fan of Forrest Gump. It took a decade for him to get the movie rights, and big changes were made to root Lausanne Chata in Indian history and culture. Forrest Gump was released in 1994 and went on to sweep the Oscars, taking six trophies, including Best Picture and Best Actor for Tom Hanks.
2: Sometimes in baseball, a batter gets hit with a pitch, then goes out to have words with the pitcher. That happened at a Little League game in Texas this week. But it was the words the hitter had with the pitcher, in this case, that makes this story so cool. After Isaiah Jarvis was hit on the helmet by Caden Shelton, he fell to the ground as his coaches checked on him. After walking to first base, Jarvis saw Shelton was in tears over the errant pitch. Jarvis went to the mound, put his arms around the distraught pitcher, and told him, quote, Hey, you're doing great. Let's go. Unquote. The pitcher's teammates and coach joined the two to console the young right-hander. The gesture drew a standing ovation.
1: A Utah man is in more than an itsy bitsy piece of trouble for trying to burn a spider. Corey Allen Martin has been arrested on ac- accusations that he started a wildfire while trying to burn a spider with his lighter. Martin told deputies he saw the spider while hiking in the foothills near Salt Lake City. Authorities say Martin acknowledges starting the fire but didn't expect. W- explain why he was trying to burn the spider.
2: And that does it for this summer edition of New Center 88. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the tri state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu/slash WMUL. For David Atkins, Sequoia Ware, Rebecca Law, and the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Michaela Wheeler. And your thought of the day is. Nature provides exceptions to every rule. Margaret Fuller.